at $200, a Super Nintendo setup costs twice as much as the old system. For the money, the company promises better pictures, sound, and adventure. Now you're playing with power, super power. You're the king, I tell you! You're listening to the SNES Podcast with your host, Soulblazer. Hello everybody, welcome to welcome to Super NES Podcast. This is episode number 182. And this is a very special episode of everybody who's listening to us. Uh, because we are to be honored to finally have some to have to, to, finally, to finally be doing something that Joe and I have been wanting to do for a while now. Uh, we are revisiting the Star Wars games on the Super NES, which, uh, which, uh, which in the same vein as how we did the Chrono Trigger revisit recently, we're gonna we're gonna be revisiting these games as well too, because it's been a long time, a long time to recover the games. The podcast, uh, we have different, we have different hosts on the podcast this time. We're gonna talk about the games, um, so I wanted to go back and revisit these games, get into. So to give him another updated uh, treatment. So, uh, besides, so besides my regular host Joe, hello. Uh, we're also we're also very glad to have three guest hosts with us about this episode. Talk about talk about talk about the games. They're all people who've been on the podcast before in the past, but in the past, but since since since, since some of you may maybe new, and since some of you maybe uh, not familiar with them, and I'm hoping because of what this episode is, it will bring in a bunch of like first time listeners because it is Star Wars. So if you're listening, so if you're first time listening, hello, glad to have you here. But uh, anyway, so I'm gonna sub. Uh, okay, okay. So I'm gonna ask each of our guest hosts on turn when I introduce when I introduce you, just talk about yourself a little bit. Uh, any podcasts, uh, uh, groups, whatever, whatever that you actually take, take that you actually like to take part in, and your experience with the Star, uh, and your experience with Super Star Wars games. How much experience you have playing the games? Um, you know, like um, you know, sort of version of the games they play, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. before we get into the uh, the bread and butter of the episode, so uh, and then after. Um, flying after that point, we're going to be doing uh, topics, uh, 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 like the games talk about. Uh, with each of us taking taking a turn, talk about talk about the stuff in general. Because there's five of us, if we didn't do it in a more organized, more organized fashion, it would be absolute chaos on here. So, um, but anyway, so let's start off first with a uh, let's start off first, with Willie. Um, you know, uh, um, just just remind folks who you are, Willie, to plug anything you want to plug and talk about your history of Star Wars games. Uh, sorry, the Super Star Wars games. Super Star Wars games, please. Alright, so I guess I start out. Hey, it's Will. Um, so, former member of the Intellivisionaries podcast. Sorry, Will, also... yeah. My bad. Oh, yeah, it's no problem. <laughs> well, you also have Willie on here, too, sometimes. Yes. We both have some... And we both go by William, too. <laughs> Did you want to start from the top again, or... Alright, uh... uh... Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, whatever you want to do, that's fine. Just go ahead. <laughs> okay, sorry. So, hi, this is William. I was the uh, former co-host of the Intellivisionaries podcast, and I was also a member of the Move Over Kids podcast. Uh, pretty big Star Wars fan since, well, started watching in the 80s, and then it completely went over my head what it was I was watching, how big of a, of a phenomenon the movies were, and then got really into it into the 90s, into the 2000s. More stuff came out, 
end up meeting my wife, who was also a big Star Wars fan, and we've been going to the conventions and stuff. You know, you should see the the apartment. There's a lot of Star Wars stuff. Right over to my right, I've actually got some of the Legos for Star Wars, some of the uh, the helmets they've done. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty deep in the lore of the movies and some of the background stuff for them as well. Uh, the games, I played the games years ago and didn't really pick them up after that because I didn't have a Super Nintendo at the time. But I've been, tr- I've been trying to get some copies eventually. It's just a matter of if I can find them in the stores or not. I just yeah. don't want to do eBay for them. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But Okay, awesome. Uh, well, glad to have you again here, Will. Um, uh, Liam, why don't you go next? Hi, folks, it's Liam here. Um, I was on the show a few months ago for the Poppin' Twinby episode. I am a writer at liampiperblog.wordpress.com. I write video game reviews, write about my life, um got a new thing launching in the coming months where I actually talk about video game music. Um, My history with Star Wars is extremely thin, admittedly. I have not actually watched any of the movies. Um, My brother is a bit of a a fanatic about Star Wars. Um, In terms of these games as well, I went into these completely blind. I didn't play these growing up because because I was born in the early 90s and... By the time I was at an age that I felt maybe I could play them, I was a little like the SNES had kind of it kind of moved on. I'd moved on to like PlayStation One and PlayStation Two, so very much going into this from the more neutral perspective. Okay, awesome. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so like you know, it'll be great to have somebody here in the podcast who's not played these games before in the past. So they, I just we have like a fresh perspective like I bring into it, like sure because the rest of us all have history with the games, so. Uh, and then finally, last but not least, uh, Aaron. Hey there. Well, I'm glad my internet decided to cooperate. <laughs> it dropped out for a second, <laughs> so I missed what Liam said. But uh, I know talking offline, uh, the basic gist. Uh, so I will give my brief background. Um, I've been podcasting for about 10 years. Um, started out on, I think, Stopping the Retro, moved on to Retro Obscura, and finally Genesis Gems, which I've been doing for god knows how long now uh, <laughs> i um so i have definitely been in the retro gaming podcast seed for quite a while um i am also a chiptune and video game composer um and have done music for all sorts of old video game systems um and as far as my history with star wars and these games in general um, like many of you, I was introduced to Star Wars at a very young age. Um, I think I was three or four when I first saw uh, the Star Wars trilogy. I think we had them on VHS. And when for you younger listeners, uh, VHS <laughs> uh, was the medium by which we had things on a tape. And you put them in a... You know, in a VCR, and that's how you watched it. Kind of, kind of grainy, uh, but that was how I experienced the Star Wars films. I didn't get to see them in theaters until the special editions came out uh, later in the '90s, um, like the late '90s. 
but yeah, I I was as enthralled uh, and, and just loved the series from day one. Um, enjoyed the movies. I'm not as much of a uh, in depth nerd. Uh, with Star Wars as I am in other things like video games in general I guess but uh, I have a huge appreciation of the series um, and have watched almost every one of the the movies that has come out as far as the games um, we so I'm like the youngest of five kids and I remember growing up we had an NES Sega Genesis and a Super Nintendo. We were the rare family that had all three. Um, and yeah, um, I want to say I played Star Wars on NES and Empire, but then playing the Super Nintendo games, um, it was just kind of, <laughs> it was crazy. It was just a leap forward quality wise and, and presentation wise um, that just kind of blew my mind when I played them but even when I was a kid and I must have been about you know seven or eight um when the first one dropped but I still remember playing it and what I remember is how hard it was and I was already playing a ton of video games by that point but I just remember being overwhelmed by the presentation and actually getting to be Luke and just the music's blaring and everything but I used a lot of level skip and a lot of cheats even when I was a kid. So anyone who feels like, oh, I can't believe I'm not going through this game, you know, the right way. Um, I don't know that there's a right way to get through these games. <laughs> so there you go. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, Joe, I'm going to ask you the same question. You obviously don't need to introduce yourself, of course, but, you know, I need to uh, you know, um, you know, but if you want to elaborate, like elaborate upon your Star Wars history and your experience like these games, uh, sure. Hi, I'm Joe. I'm the co-host here. <laughs> uh, sure, you know me. Anyways, um, yeah. So my history with these games is actually pretty sparse. But um, I had Super Return of the Jedi for the Game Boy. That was my home experience for quite a while. Um, a friend of mine actually had Super Empire Strikes Back and Super Star Wars. So I got to dabble in those when I would go to his house. Um, remember, I'm a Genesis kid, so I was denied a lot of really cool things that uh, we talk about on the show. Um, I did not officially play these games until I was well into my 20s, and emulation was very prevalent. Um, I probably could have played them you know, earlier um, you know, in high school when I was like, running things off of, like, SNES X9 and whatnot, but, like, right. you know, it was primi primitive back then, it was slow, it was choppy, and you just wouldn't want to play, especially these type of games, <laughs> on an emulator running at that speed. So, yeah, most of my experience has been with the Game Boy uh, port, if you want to call it that. Um, they really tried to cram it onto that little <laughs> cart and onto that little screen. And make it look just as nice as it did on the SNES. They really tried. Um, yeah, they they did. They did. Um, there's some. Uh, there's a lot of slowdown. Um, the graphics look kind of muddy. It's not a great experience. So, it is what it is. But 
that's that's the joy of this podcast. I get to go back and play these games proper and actually have a fresh opinion. And can can we just mention because you'd said that you were a Sega kid, and I, and I would say I I definitely was, um, and then became an SNES kid also a little later. But I remember thinking mm-hmm. like, oh man, this would be really cool on the Sega Genesis with less slowdown. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll be honest. There there are some slowdown bits in these games. Um, but yeah, recently, I think as recent as 2020, there was a prototype discovered where I think Sega Institute was working on a port of Super Star Wars, um, you know, New Hope, first one, yes. and you can actually go check that out if you can find the ROM. And there's not much done, but it's interesting to know um, that in an alternate history, you know, there could have been a Sega Genesis version. I think there was also a planned PC version also that never made it. Yeah, the PC version yeah. actually got very. The PC version actually got almost finished before it was canceled. Uh, mm-hmm. So that one's also that one's also available to play. It's like a play online if you want to play it. Uh, yeah. I did play the uh, prototype for the Genesis, and uh, not yeah. much. I mean, there's not, <laughs> not much, much there. that you can do there. But what is there? It shows the promise of what I could have possibly enjoyed as a child. Yeah. Um, so it, that kind of makes me sad that you know I could have had that, and it just didn't materialize. On the... But at the same time, uh, it got me to go over to my friend's house and spend time with him because he had a Super Nintendo. So That's that. fair. <laughs> and then also, you know, we did get the um, on the Sega side. What ended up happening is, if you were like me, you got a Sega CD. And then that's how you got your Star Wars fill that way because mm. there was Star Wars chess and then there was Star Wars Rebel Assault, which would use yep. you know repurposed footage and some new CG um, from the films and then put you in like a gallery shooter game. And also, I believe, I don't think all three were released, but I know at least Super Return of the Jedi was released for the Game Gear as well. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, not that it's fantastic, but it's a step <laughs> above the Game Boy port, and that's something to say, so. <laughs> wasn't the um, the Star Wars arcade game, wasn't that ported to a, a few, wasn't it the Sega CD that it was ported to? Uh, Star Wars arcade game um, 32X. was 32X, and it was actually based off the 32X. really, really rare... Uh, arcade game from the early 90s. Like, there did not have... Which was Japanese only. Yeah, um, and came in a giant monstrosity of a, a cab. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, it, it really didn't make the rounds, and so the only way most people played it was that 32X version. And a lot of people kind of mistakenly thought, oh, this is kind of an upgraded port of uh, the original arcade game, um, but it's not. The, the one with the, the vector that, graphics. Right. Right, exactly. Yep. I actually have the arcade one up, uh, a Star Wars cab, which has all three uh, Atari arcade games. It's awesome. That is, uh, I, I, I thought of getting some of those. I yeah. thought of getting some of those arcade machines, but there's just no room in the apartment for them. There's no, there's not much room here either. But I had to buy that one because the fact that the, that that game uses unique controls, uh, emulation never does. Emulation is never, it's never, it's never like done the game justice. So well, there's there's a bur- there's a Burger Time one that I want, yeah, and I just yeah. don't have the room for it. I wish that what what I wish I had gotten a home port sent for him was was with Star Wars Trilogy game that our Sega put out because that's for very good. Oh, I wish there would have been a Dreamcast uh, port of that. I, I get you. Yes, yeah, that would have been nice. But alrighty, well, uh, 
Well, um, so I'll finish up here then. Um, so my experience with these games, uh, I think I've, um, I actually played these games back when they first came out because I was already was 16 when the first game came out. So because I, because I, because I think I'm, because because I think I'm the oldest one here. I'm not sure, but uh, yes, I already was a teenager when these games came out, and uh, yeah, they're hard. You know, I really like them a lot because the fact that I already was a Star Wars fan by that point. I, I, at the point, uh, growing up my whole life with Star Wars, but. Um, I did play all three games. They were three games that first came out, and they, um, you know, beat two of them back then. I never did finish Empire back then until, uh, until many years later when the emulation uh, helped with that process. But um, yeah, so I definitely, I, I definitely have played most of the Star Wars games that came out. Or, or, they came out in the '90s, whether it was like for NES, uh, Game Boy, computer, uh, uh, um, Super NES, whatever. So, um, but all right. Well, very fun to have all of you here. Thanks again. Um, that, 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 as I said before, how you to help you just keep this organized, I'm, uh, I've used random.org to assign a random order for the five of us. Uh, I'm going to throw a topic out for a topic out for like a discussion. Uh, um, we're going to go in turn. Each of us, each of us, then have a chance to each of us then might have a chance to, to talk about the topic. So. Uh, this will help prevent us from tripping over each other, tripping over, tripping over each other's uh, words or whatnot. So, uh, the order for discussion in the podcast is going to be uh, Liam, uh, Will, <clears throat> myself, Aaron, and Joe. So, uh, let's uh, so to, to, so to open things up, uh, let's talk about the game's uh, graphics. Uh, like overall, the graphics, the, the graphics, of the games, the, the game Super NES. And, and by the way, these topics are going to these topics are going to include all three Super NES games. So we're just like bundle them together for the purposes of that discussion. So, all right. So uh, Liam, you're up first. Uh, take it away. All right. So the graphics of these games, um, I can definitely say that the 2D side scrolling parts of these games, they look okay. I wouldn't say they look anything too special. But personally, where these games shine, and I can definitely appreciate the hard work that um, the developers put into them, was the 3D sections. So, for example, in the first... Uh, sorry, it was the third game, sorry. It starts out with a... Um, starts out with a stage where you've got to try and get to the end and avoid rocks and a couple of other things. <coughs> I personally find found that stage to be quite annoying, but graphically... I might make the comparison to Star Fox because I've played a lot of Star Fox in my time. Personally, I think the graphics hold up better than Star Fox does in terms of the 3D stages because there's it's just a little bit more detailing like across the board, across all of the 3D stages, especially in the latter parts of um, Return of the Jedi. Because some of those fight sequences close to the end of the game that um, where you're fir first person shooting... Um, TIE Fighters. Believe you me, when I saw that, I was really, really impressed. Um, I just think overall, in terms of 2D, it could look a tiny bit better, but I can't help but applaud the fact that they tried really hard in the 3D sections to make it stand out, and as I say, I think it's aged better than Star Fox has. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yep. Uh, interesting. Alright, thank you very much there. Um... So, Will, uh, you're next. Yeah, so, uh, to piggyback on like, the, the ending of Return of the Jedi, they did a fantastic job with the, uh, with, with that. That was, 
by far for the three games, that was the most impressive part of the graphics for the games. Um, Are you talking about the part where it's rotating a, uh, an image around? Yes, the rotating, the first-person perspective. Yeah. Uh, with the the escape out of the uh, the Death Star in the Millennium Falcon, that looked really good. There's there's characters that they add into these games that they nailed it with how they look, and some of them I wondered like, did they just go and grab a Star Wars encyclopedia to figure out what they were gonna put into this game? <laughs> they had a lot of access, because, is what I understand. Yeah, I mean it was it was uh, Lucasfilm Games or uh, LucasArts games, they're the ones that worked on it, so they probably knew exactly what was in these movies. Oh, it was... I'm gonna, had... I'm gonna correct you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm Go always ahead. the corrector. Uh, Sculptured Software, and then I want to say... Oh, did they? Yeah, so it's Sculptured Software who, who developed all three games, and then I know LucasArts um, probably helped, you know, maybe provide assets and things. They did... Pre- okay. Yeah, they did... Yeah, they did help the development process. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you, uh, you know how much we don't know, but you know, like, but yeah, the bread and butter of the game is software. Software. As LucasArts wanted to make sure that you know, hey, we don't want you putting anything in this game that does not fit with Star Wars. That uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, which makes me wonder with a couple of the bosses in this game that had nothing. Like, I don't think there's They're any obscure. equivalent. I mean, like, you know, like one of the yeah, you know, one of the bosses in Super Star Wars, for example, is comes from a chess piece that you see during the holographic. Yes, like holographic and I was going to bring that up. He's yeah. he actually is a character, like his yeah. race is in the the movies. But yes, he's also the chess piece because that was one of the ones I looked up. Yeah, yeah, there's some deep cuts here. Yeah, for sure, so. as well as uh, in the Sandcrawler, the uh, Jawenko uh, Lava Beast. As far mm-hmm. as I can tell, that's an original creation for the game, but they've retconned it later to be native to Mustafar. And later on, uh, ILM Labs used it for a VR project called Secrets of the Empire. That's crazy. So some of the stuff <laughs> did, yeah, some of the stuff did get out there. Um, the, the cantina, uh, we, were, we were mentioning the, the boss from that, but the Tonica sisters are in the background in that, and there's never been figures of those characters. There's been, I think, a whole legal thing with them that they haven't been able to do figures of those characters. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that, so. But, awesome. Um, anything it, you want to say uh, for the graphics movie before we like, move on? Um, I know there was um, some graphic, some uh, sprite swapping going on in Cloud City, which really had me wanting figures of these characters <laughs> that showed up. There were red snowtroopers on Cloud City. And it's like, <laughs> I don't ever recall those existing. I know we have the... Um, Emperor's Royal Guard, but those were not Royal Guards. Those were red snowtroopers. <laughs> and, oh, and another another one real quick that was in um, Return of the Jedi. I am fairly certain that there was one battle against, uh, where we're now called Dark Troopers. The, bi- oh, the bigger, yeah, the yeah. bigger storm, the bigger stormtroopers mm, yeah, that yeah. showed up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those are Dark Troopers. And I found... A, pit, a picture of one of the figures from the expanded universe that looks very similar to those. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. they they dug yeah. they dug deep trying to to get stuff for this game, and some of them looked really good. No, some of my favorites, the Tuscans didn't look too good. The Banthas looked awful. <laughs> oh, yeah, they tried. But the when the the, the Grands when Reese the Grand shows up in uh, Jabba's palace, I'm like, yes, he's in here. 
and he looked pretty good. Yes, I agree. So, uh, to piggyback off what you guys were just saying, yeah, the graphics, the graphics of these games overall, I think are slightly very, very good. I, I mean, I mean, you know, I was, I was definitely impressed with the graphics, the graphics, the, the graphics of the games when they first came out. I think they still hold up pretty well today. They're not, they're not, they're not the, they're, they're not the best graphics on the system, but they're very, very good. They're, they're very solid. The sprite work behind everything is awesome. Um, I really love the fine details that they put like in all the characters. For example, like you know, you can see like you know Luke's hair flicking in the background, flying the wind and whatnot. So there's a lot of you know, uh, like there are like very small touches that the, that the graphic artists did with the game that really that um, you know really made it that really makes it stand out. Kind of uh, stand out, kind of shows the labor of love that the, 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 the project was. Um, I'm not such a fan about the first person uh, the first person combat scenes uh, because why. That is why I definitely like, uh, you know, like being able to be a Tie Fighter, uh, Tie Fighter. Uh, I'm sorry, Tie Fighter. Yeah, be okay. Uh, fighting Tie Fighters in the X-wing or the Millennium Falcon or whatnot. It, the, the Mode Seven effects that, the, that that those use is a little bit like, like, like a little bit more slow, like slow, like slow and clunky. But for the most part, I don't think Mode Seven holds up holds up anymore today as it, as it used to. Uh, Joe and I have already talked about this before in past episodes, but you know, just that. It, it, it kind of feels a bit jarring to, to, to jarring to, 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 to go to go from like side scrolling side scrolling action that most of the games in compared to that suddenly being a first person because the game slows down in the first person for a viewpoint as well too and the mode seven like I said is kind of clunky these days but you know I appreciate it for what it is um, you know because you know I, you know I think it's they could have done that action in like two uh, uh, 2D as well too but but that um, you know but that might have been. Uh, it's a bit awkward, but I'm also like, yeah, yeah. But I was, but I, but I also remember thinking way back, way back when, even, yeah. If I wanted to like blast, blast tie fighters, I would, tie fighters, I would just load up X-wing by PC because that game, the, that game does it much better than this does. But, um, you know, having said that, the graphics of this game are bright. They're bright. They're colorful. Everything's recognizable. You, you know, like Liam and Will said, there are some, there are some deep cuts here. A lot of like characters show up in the background or or, or bosses or whatnot that that that, that really that really appreciate all the time and effort. To, um, it was put, um, you know, that was put into them, and yeah, the graphics of this game. Since the game uses the same engine for uh, the games use the same engine, the graphics the graphics look pretty similar across the board. I really don't think, for example, that Return of the Jedi looks that much more different than like the first game does, with a couple of, like small tweaks here or there. But um, and you know, but but you know, uh, but yeah, for the most part, graphics of this game are very nice. You know, definitely like a love letter to Star Wars fans, like in many ways, some of the hidden touches or whatnot. So. Um, so Aaron, oh next. sure, okay, uh, yeah. So I would say, uh, graphic-wise, I think that they certainly the graphics certainly look better than other 2D Star Wars games um, that had come out before. Then you know, you you look back at stuff on the 2600, and then um, on the NES, um, and you kind of see how far graphics had come by that point. And the fact that they were able to do 2D and 3D sections, I thought was important because all the other representations, except for the vector graphic versions um, of the games, you know, it was all it was all 2D, right? And and so I liked that there was that variety. I liked the attention to detail um, that they were able to get in so many characters uh in 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 a varied amount of artwork there's a lot of nonsense in these games though in terms of the enemies you face 
Um, but I'm sure we'll get more into that. But I do like the inclusion of uh, very obscure characters in the background. I, I like I like it when you enter a scene and they do... Um, there's a trick, especially Return of the Jedi, where it makes it look like... Um, almost like a mirage or there's kind of a fuzziness because there's so much heat in the background. Um, and there's, you know, layers of parallax. And there's things uh, that overall add to the presentation that I do appreciate in those scenes. With the with the graphics and the things they were going for, um, there is noticeable slowdown, though, um, when yes. there are multiple objects on the screen if you have too many projectiles going the game will slow down and i noticed that first in the first star wars game even on the first level um you you get to the first boss and if you face him with your pea shooter weapon <laughs> um then because that weapon fires bullets or you know lasers so fast there's no bullets in star wars sorry uh, <laughs> whatever he's firing it's so fast there's so many objects flying on the screen that the game just kind of buckles and you will find that and i think it does get a little bit better by the time you get to jedi but that is kind of a noticeable issue but because of the presentation i i think people were probably forgiving of it and i'm a little forgiving of it because there's just so much variety and so much going on. I will say I did notice on Return of the Jedi that I would almost guess that the first two games were probably made within about six months of each other because they're very similar. Um, but Jedi is the one where their engine had matured enough to where you could see them using lighting tricks and shadow effects um, that were really neat. And added a depth to the game that wasn't there in the first two. So I, I, I did appreciate that. And then I finally just want to touch on those Mode 7 uh, graphics and say, yeah, that's probably the most dated aspect of these games. Um, just because it now it does kind of feel like I'm flying around on top of a 2D bitmap. Um, and it does not have, it doesn't really get that 3D effect that they were going for. Um, and the sense of speed is, it's kind of wonky um, because there are some sections like the, the land speeder section where it's, it, it speeds up and it slows down and it's never a constant frame rate. Um, and I think they improved that by Jedi, but I never, I never loved those sections. Even when I was a kid, um, they were cool at first, but then they just kind of, I don't know, they got tedious, but I, I do applaud Sculptured Software for trying and nothing felt out of place is what I would say. There is a cohesiveness across the games, um, and I applaud them for trying to present things. Like, one thing I did notice progressively was that the opening intro got better 
<laughs> in each game, right? Where it was like the first opening cinematic, uh, you know, each one has that cool text scroll, which is awesome. I, I don't think anyone's mentioned that yet, but I love that they threw that in there. And so you've got the cinematic text scroll, and then, you know, it goes into the background, and then the screen scrolls down. And in each game, it presents you a, a different scene. Um, but it's the final one where they use a different technique to give you um, a depth of field where it looks like the ship is actually going into the screen. Whereas the first two games, it really is just like a, a drawing of a ship. And then you see uh, lasers firing out of it like into... Uh, Hoth or Tatooine, right? Or they're sending um, sending things to, to Hoth, like probes. But it's that third one where they'd finally master the technology and you get to see some, some impressive effects. But I, to Liam's point, and then I'll let you guys continue. To Liam's point, I just want to say, um, yeah, there is kind of a workman-like quality um, where I don't think these games match up graphically to the best of the Super Nintendo, but it's definitely a way above average, is what I would say. There you go. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, just to add on real quick to what you're saying there, I do want to emphasize the fact these games did come out in a very these games did come out in a very rapid short order because Super Star Wars came out in November of but um, you know, like November '92, like in North America, uh, which came out first. Uh, the game did the game did get a worldwide release, but North America like, came out first. So yeah, so, so you keep in mind November '92 for Star Wars. Empire came out in June, like June, by like June '93, and Jedi came out in June of '94. So yeah, within about like two years, all three games came out. So you know, just very rapid development cycles. But um, yeah, and la- yeah, and last and last and last, definitely not least, Joe. Well, the joys of going last is that uh, you guys have all said everything I was going to say. <clears throat> so that makes my job a lot easier. Um, but we're talking graphics. And um, so in comparison, so I had uh, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back for the NES. That was uh, my experience with video games um, at home. Because, of course, I had been to the arcade and played, you know, Star Wars arcade and all that. Um, so for me, with this experience, going to my friend's house and playing these first two games, um, Super Star Wars and Super Empire Strikes Back, uh, compared to the NES 8-bit counterparts I had at home, these games blew my mind. Um, the Mode 7 stuff was super cool at the time. I loved the size of the sprites, um, the multiple different, uh, characters they threw at you, um... Of course, back then, I wasn't as deep into the lore as I am now, so I would just be like, oh, cool, more Stormtroopers, they're just different <laughs> colors, they just look different, whatever. I didn't know that, you know, they're like Dark Troopers, Shadow Troopers, whatever. You know, I didn't know that at the time. So, anyways, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed uh, the graphical side of these games. It, it's almost like um, it's like when your best friend comes over and just kind of chills with you, and you're playing couch co-op. Like, it's familiar, and it just feels good. That's kind of how I feel like the, with the graphics with these games. Like, it's very Super NES-looking, 
it is a little bit above average for when it came out but if you look at the SNES library in general this I think falls it still falls kind of like in the middle of uh, graphics wise and uh, I, I I think it looks fine um, and when we get down the line we'll talk about whether they hold up today or not <laughs> cool awesome all right guys thank you very much so uh, on to next topic for us to to talk about, uh, much the same vein, uh, the music sound effects uh, that the games use. Um, uh, Liam, uh, go ahead, please. So the music and sound design of this game, uh, where do I start? Um, the <laughs> music is stunning. Um, I have a film music degree, so I am familiar with the music of Star Wars. And I feel uh, the first game did a pretty good job. Uh, kind of establishing the core themes that we use throughout throughout the Star Wars films, but personally, the third one, when I booted up that title for the, the when I booted up the game for the first time and saw that title theme, and I saw the artwork at the back as well, I literally had to question if it was still the same development team because the music just it kind of blew me away. Um, throughout all three of the games, I feel that they stick to the music really well. Um, there, there are some times where I feel that the music kind of gets drowns that, drowned out a little bit here and there. But in terms of the core themes, like the Cantina theme, which, I mean, who can not love the Cantina theme? Um, the way that they are brought over to the sound chip on the, on the Super Nintendo, they they do make accommodations for it because of the fact that you can't obviously could not get a full orchestra on the Super Nintendo. You could get like the uh, synthesized orchestra, but I think the way that they transposed it was fantastic. Um, there was there's very little in terms of music that I dislike. Um, sound effects as well, absolutely spot on. I mean the sound of the the, the sounds of the lightsabers. Um, even the sounds of Leia getting hit, for example, if every single sound effect had a purpose, it felt authentic and it just didn't seem out of place. But I, I mean, in terms of the overall mix as well, if we want to talk about the music and the mix in general, I feel that the music and the sound design in terms of the audio balance is also perfect. Because the problem they could have ran into is that the, because of how bombastic and how well known the themes are in Star Wars, they could have decided to have that higher, like louder in the audio mix. But I find that they balance it perfectly. So then you can still hear the music, you can still hear the sound design. And I feel that just overall as a sound package, it is one of the best on the Super Nintendo. I'm not going to lie. It's in my opinion, where the game really shine, where all three games just, they just shine through because, as I say, they take these legendary themes and they, they're still recognizable, which isn't exactly easy to do when you're taking legendary themes like Star Wars and take them onto the, the sound chip that the SNES had. Yeah, awesome. Uh, thank you very much. For, uh... Good, Liam. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's hard going first the whole time, so I appreciate that. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, uh, Will, you're up next. Yeah. So the the music in A New Hope, the first game, there. There is a couple points in it where, like, I'm f familiar with a, 
a good chunk of where uh, certain themes will be in the, the movies and where the scenes are. And there's one point on uh, the Death Star where the music just didn't seem like it was the wrong music for that area. That they could have, I think it went from what it was and then switched to something else. And I'm like, it doesn't quite sound right. But for the most part, yes, the music is absolutely fantastic. Um, those who are familiar more with the later releases of the movies might not recognize the music at the end of Return of the Jedi because they went with the um, the Yub Yub song instead of what they changed it to later on. <laughs> so I thought that was a nice touch when I got to the end of that game. I'm like, oh, good. The original ending music is here. And, and if you and if you want something really, really fun when it comes to the cantina, uh, Star Wars Holiday Special, the cantina music is slowed down and it's uh, got lyrics sung by B. Arthur. Hmm. Nice little piece, nice little piece of um, <laughs> Star Wars that George Lucas wishes he could smash every copy of that special <laughs> with a hammer. Uh, but oh, graphics, uh, not the graphics, uh, the, the sound effects to it. Yeah, the sabers were spot on. Characters that needed to have voice had their voice. You had the Jawas going, ooh, Titi! There was one point where Vader had his line, and there was a like second and a half pause for the last part of what he was saying, and I can't remember what the, what the line was, but that threw me off. I'm like, no, he's supposed to keep saying this, but it stops, and I... I'm not sure if maybe the video I was watching for that one, I was watching the video at the time. I don't know if the video screwed up or there was like just a glitch in how the person was playing it, whether it was emulation issues or whether it doesn't do it on the actual cartridge. I don't know. It was just something I picked up on that sounded a little off in the game. Well, other than that, like okay. they, they, they nailed it with a lot of the sound effects. and I can't think of any other sound effect that was wrong in there yeah yeah great uh just yeah you just evolved you just evolved what was saying i totally agree um the music the music in the movies is awesome always anyway of course and like you know it's really done very well here in the games i thought i enjoyed the slight remixes that the music tunes were used in the game too because it's, 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 in some cases it's not quite the same tune but it's very it's so very close but the you know, but the remixed versions or versions are still like so very good. Super NES, of course, has an awesome sound chip as well, as well to boot. So the like soundtracks, the soundtracks really sound impressive. Like you know that, and, and like the opening, the combination, the com the opening of the games, the combination of like the uh, the, the the scrolling text and the words and the music, like it, like you were like you were watching a movie, is the combination of those two things together just is very awesomely done. It, it really it, it really helps set the scene for the game that's to come. So. Sound effects. The sound effects are also perfect. I thought the blasters, you know, the uh, you know, lightsabers, uh, the void, the voices. Uh, everything sounds right. Um, you know, yeah, just uh, they did an awesome job. Uh, an, uh, an awesome job. Uh, an awesome job. Like just like converting the soundtrack over to the games. But then, but, but then to be fair, I don't think I've heard it. I start, uh, but then to be fair, I, I to be fair. I don't, don't think I've heard a Star Wars game with bad music. Um, you know, even the ones, you know, even the ones that use some original music. Still sounds pretty good Star Wars-ish. So, I'm trying to remember if the uh, Masters of Terrascasa game had uh, 
bad music or not. I honestly can't remember. It used it, yeah. It used a combination of both original music and also like movie music. Music, so it's yeah, yeah, it's just been a while yeah, since I've seen had decent music. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I played that one. Yeah, it's kind of Castlevania game. There's really, there, 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 really, there really is not a game, uh, I need a franchise that has like bad music. So, uh, yeah, it definitely sounds, uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely sounds great here. Um, Aaron, you probably may know more about this than anybody else, given how you, 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 you're giving your history with like working on Twitter and working chip tunes. What do you think? Hey, am I coming through? Okay. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, Sorry, fine. my Discord. <laughs> dropped again all right so um <laughs> I, I did get to hear everyone okay so uh yeah so chiptune wise fantastic conversion um and I, and I liked what liam pointed out between um you know the progression between the soundtracks and how they seem to get a better handle on their sample choice and just a little more background on what what the super nintendo is actually doing the Super Nintendo, uh, unlike the Sega Genesis, the Super Nintendo is playing back uh, banks of samples, right? And there's about eight channels that it can use. And there can be stereo in all these ch- channels, which means that you can have, you know, positional sound, which was a big feature of these games, uh, which, like, when you boot them up, they say, presented in stereo. Um, and so you've got that, and then the way it plays it back is they're samples. And typically for Super Nintendo music, um, they would take the developer would take whatever synthesizer they had uh, laying around, you know, if they could spring for one, and because these games had a big enough budget um unlike some of sculptured software's other games uh these games sounded great and they if i read right they used an insonic a few insonic synthesizers which are just like super high quality um synthesizers and, and samplers and so the choices which it's all it's all about choice right what you know you can listen to the score, which I believe it was Paul Webb. He, he had access to John Williams' score and all the music, of course. Yes. But the ultimate thing is he's got to program it in. And then he's also got to select which patches sound right and how they mix together and the balances Liam mentioned. And that... <laughs> That is a, a hard thing to do. I've done that in a small way um, where I, you know, if I've covered uh, music that's out there and I'm making it into a chip tune, that's hard enough on, on any chip because you've got the limitations of that machine. And you want to, especially with the Super Nintendo, um, you're trying to suspend the listener's disbelief you want them to feel like they're hearing something that's an approximation of the actual score, which I think they they pulled off very well. There are some things where, you know, the, the horn section doesn't sound exactly like a horn section, but I think 
overall, it's just really solid. The percussion is really, really good. You hear the timpanis, you know, you hear the brass, you hear, you hear all the different sections of the orchestra um, conveyed. And, and that's one of the Super Nintendo strengths in general is that especially orchestral music, because it's all sampled because um, you're taking a sample of a real person playing it or a keyboard where it was taking a real person in a lot of cases, um, you get that human quality. And I think if this game had come out on Sega Genesis, the soundtrack would have really suffered because the Sega Genesis is just not as well suited for stringed instruments um, and like violins and and symphony type stuff. So I I think that like Liam said, best part of the game presentation wise is probably the music. And to quickly add on the um, the sound chip uh, thing, um, I do agree with you on that because if it was on the Genesis, the thing with the Genesis is it has more of a as more of like a deep guttural sort of sound. It's always like I've always found that any attempt to make like stringed instruments or that sort of thing just comes off sounding either. I've always found it just sounds too harsh and it just does not match what they were trying to go for. Interesting, you called it Genesis like my Mega Drive. <laughs> I'm used to calling it Genesis by now. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you for that technical insight there, Iron. Um, uh, I really appreciate it. And yeah, yeah, the Super NES, the Super NES sound chip is great, but one of the things that one thing they can't do very well is horns. I mean, like, you know, any game that requires a horn sound, it sounds like pretty bad. Yeah, Genesis can do <laughs> horns better with FM synthesis in general. And so you'll find some Super yeah. Nintendo games where they will literally sample fm synthesis horns um i think knights of the round is a great example if you ever play that game you're like oh wow this kind of has the sound of a a sega genesis game or an arcade game of the time and it's because they sampled the fm chip uh from the arcade board um but yeah horns is is kind of a struggle with with because of the complexity of the sample um because it you have to have a much bigger sample to really capture the nuance of that instrument. Whereas right. if it... Yeah, good point. Thank it, you. It, oh, yeah, and I'm just going to say, whereas with FM synthesis, because it's being generated off the chip and the complexity of, of how FM works, it it comes across better that way. All right, <laughs> go ahead. And I'm wondering if the sampling... I'm wondering if the sampling is uh, what caused the problem with uh, Vader, I found the clip. Um, it's on Cloud City, and he's uh, it, when he goes, "The Force is with you, young Skywalker." Oh, and like, there was what's, what's the pause in there? Yeah, and it could be. I did notice Jedi um, of the three is the one where they had more space to do dialogue, which I thought was great. But yeah, I'm not sure why that got cut off. I did forget to mention though, with the sound effects, there's one sound effect or two that are just so annoying that I wish they would have just reduced the volume of or changed the sound effect. And it's especially in Jedi when you're running through and you pick up a certain power up and it's just 
they mixed it really loud compared to everything else, and I don't know why. I know you're talking about, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One other quick example of that would be the hearts pickup in the first Super Star Wars game, because it's, you know, everything sounds good, and all you hear is this, don't! <laughs> yeah, it's like there's so much going on that it seems like they, they really want you to, want to get your attention. Like, oh, okay, I, I picked that thing up, got it. <laughs> yeah, I but I did love the my favorite sound yeah. effect in all the games is probably the foom foom the the sound of the lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That is yeah, that is a very good sound of lightsaber. But you know, think like an older game because you, you know modern games if like you know modern games like I'm not sure if anybody out here has played a uh, black, um 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 it's like Fallen Jedi. Uh, the lightsaber sounds awesome in that game. It's like you know, but but the, so the lightsaber. The, yeah, that's super sound effects in these games. For fiber games to the '90s, it does sound very good. I have it in my collection, uh, but I haven't sure. played it yet. Yeah, yeah, you should. It's a fun game. Oh, I, I but, plan to play it. I just haven't gotten around yeah. to it yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then finally, 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 they bring it. Finally, finally, to finish up this topic, uh, Joe. Again, great to be last. <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> Yeah, so I really enjoyed the the music and uh, sound effects for the most part um, in these games. Um, I felt they caught the essence of what Star Wars was um, in the game, and in my opinion, I think this is where Lucas Arts comes into play. Uh, Sculptor uh, Sculptured Software did a good job as far as uh, converting the the story of the the movie to the to the game, but like, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's Lucas Arts that's you know taking the uh, music and cutting it down, or you know taking the samples and giving it to them so that they can put it into the game and uh, make it all work. Same with us with the sound effects, and I agree the lightsaber sound effect is probably like one of the most satisfying sound effects in uh, this trilogy for sure. Um, the Emperor's Lightning's not too bad either. And, you know, then you get the Death Stars blowing up and everything else. So it, overall, um, I really enjoyed the music and sound effects of the game. Cool. Awesome. Um, so, next, uh, I'm not sure what topic we should cover next because they all seem like very viable at this point. Uh, so I'm going to let Joe decide what topic to, uh, uh, that we should hash out next. Well, since I kind of already touched on it, we might as well talk about how faithful they are to the movies, and uh, you know, do we mind <laughs> oh, that they've kind awesome. of deviated a bit? <laughs> I made notes. Good choice. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Liam. Get us started with this one. Um, for me, um, I can't have too much of an opinion about this, because I obviously have not watched the movies. Um, but from what I vaguely know, there does seem to be quite a few liberties that were taken um even just speaking offline before before the show um i have heard a few things of certain things being added um i mean the only one that springs to mind that i know vaguely about would be um the sandwalker in in the in the new hope i don't think r2d2 was actually saved from the Sandwalker. I believe he just went along, but sadly I can't offer too, too much because um, 
I haven't seen the film, so this is more a topic for everybody else. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely wrote that one down. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough, Liam. That's okay. Um, uh, I will. If I go ahead, then. All right. So, yeah, the whole the, the game starting out with uh, with Luke going through the desert and finding C three PO out by the escape pod, and him saying that the Jawas took R two. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. The 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 escape pod comes down. They go wandering on their own. Um, basically, they're both taken by the Jawas, and the Jawas clean them up and they bring them to uh, the oh, to the to Lars Moisture Farm, where Uncle Owen picks the two out, and then Luke cleans them up, and R two runs off, and that's when you you get to the point with the the, Tus- the Tusken Raiders and meeting up with uh, Obi Wan. Now, Luke doesn't go through a sand crawler to get R2. He doesn't track down through the land of the sand people where uh, he finds Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan doesn't simply say, here is your lightsaber. <laughs> yep, here you go. <laughs> that, You're that a Jedi like, Knight. Way no. to go. It's like, no. It's like, no, this is your father's lightsaber. <laughs> um, the, the escape from... Uh, from Tatooine to go uh, rescue Leia. They're going to Alderaan. And they end up in what they think is an asteroid field, and it's actually the debris of Alderaan. And that's when they see the Death Star, and the Death Star picks them up. They don't go to the Death Star like this game makes it sound. It's... I mean, they they have to change some stuff to make to kind of keep the game flowing, but there's, like, levels they added into the games that were not in these games at all. Uh, not not they were not in the movies at all. You know, there's whole sections of Cloud City that were not really seen. It, it's it's really it's really weird how they went and did that. Although I will say the idea of Return of the Return of the Jedi having Wicket play <laughs> a level with him and uh, Aaron will probably speak more to the, to that <laughs> one. But one of the bosses was uh was uh oh who was it? I wrote it down here. It was uh, EV-99 as a boss for Wicket to fight. I'm like, that's one of, that's one of the droids from Jabba's palace. Why is he here? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they really condensed down the story uh, for, the, for the games to try to keep stuff flowing. Like, I am wondering, when it comes to a gameplay perspective... If you had never seen the movies and you get to the part with the ATATs, if you know know nothing about the movies, do you know what to do there? Oh no! Because it yeah, because it yeah, because it seems like I wouldn't know what to do. You're dropping down a and for rope. Those listening, who yeah, yeah, for the yeah for those who who probably have never seen the movies, uh, they take the ATATs down by shooting a tow cable and wrapping the cable around their legs. So that they fall, but that's not explained in the game at all. So that was a little bit of a, a sticking point. I'm like, um, do people know? And like the the big spoiler for Empire, never mentioned in the game. And I think it's mentioned very briefly in um, Return of the Jedi in in the game. I'm like, you guys skipped stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's actually like a. Rec- 
Uh, yeah, you know, that's actually like a real point. Uh, Liam, did you know what to do with the AT-ATs? I don't think I actually got that far, as as we'll explain later with the difficulty oh, of okay. these games. <laughs> Fair enough. Although, I will say, leading on from uh, what Will just said, um, there were times where certain parts of the game, it just... The way that the game kind of flipped things on a dime, it was just very much just like... Do the Star Wars games really follow this kind of a story? Because if they do, um, maybe the movies are not for me. <laughs> I, I would say definitely watch um, Star Wars A New Hope, the, the original movie, if you've played through uh, the game and see what's changed through there. That would probably be the one to go to to see where all these changes are. Like, I thought it'd be fair, the story of that movie is big enough, it's always big enough that you like drive a truck through. But when you say things were skipped, I can't help but just think of um, like what they did with with the fourth Harry Potter film, where they skip a hundred pages. That's the only comparison I can make. Oh well, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's a bit different. It's a bit different trying to, yeah, following at that point. It's it's, it's um, you know, since I was going to like say this anyway. It's it's always hard to convert to convert to convert a movie to a game. I mean, people. Uh, uh, I mean, folks, like people, people have been with that for years. They still struggle with it these days. But um, I think it's a bit easier to convert uh, to convert a movie to a game than it is trying than it is trying to convert a book to a game because you know because like so much books get, get, uh, uh, so so much what's in books gets cut out anyway. But at least with movies, with movies like a bit easier. But so I don't think it's quite as bad with like your point, of Harry Potter. I don't think it's quite as bad trying to make. A game based out of a book, um, sorry, a game based out of a movie compared to like a game based out of a book. But having said that, yeah, there are you know there are major points missing, uh, changed around, uh, additional stuff added, and like you know I, I I'm of mixed minds about this. I, I, I understand that I uh, uh, I understand the developer process. I understand what the developers are going through. It's it, it's not easy trying to convert, you know, trying to make a game. Uh, a movie to a game, and even though, and even and even the Star Wars movies lend themselves pretty well to gameplay, because other games have done this too over like over the years, because Star Wars has been, has been out for so long. The movies themselves do, do do work pretty well for game conversions. There still was a struggle with a struggle with them trying to decide what to include, especially with the limited space that the carts had. Because I always have to remember, you know, like mm. you know, these not like you know, you know, you know, it's not like CD based games that we have nowadays where. They, uh, where space really is an issue. They really had to. They really had to crunch and condense the stuff onto the cards. There were stages. There were. There were stages, for example, that were cut out from Super Star Wars because there's the. the because simply wasn't room to include them on the cart. Um, and they decided that. Like they have the. Like they decided the other parts like the other parts are more important. So, I think, for the most part, I think for the most part, I think what's in the games works. It at least follows. It, it follows. Um, you know, it follows the storyline enough, and I am. And I am thankful for the cutscenes. The cutscenes, the cutscenes also I think are important because the cutscenes at least help to uh, at least at least help to tie the story together. Uh, so at least it flows. It, it does. Uh, the cutscenes help to help the games to follow the movie process better than the cutscenes have not been included in the first place. So I am glad that they're there as well too because they work pretty well together. That said, I think Super Star Wars is probably the worst offender. I think that um, you know, I think that Empire and, 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 and that I think, I think that Empire Return of the Jedi do a better job of following the following the overall movie plot line than, than the first game does. Um, maybe because they realized after the fact that you know like maybe we kind of took took too, took too many liberties of Super Star Wars and they kind of the liberties are reduced in the later games. Also, I think also 
I think also that the that the later games had a bit more had a bit more car space to work with. Um, I could not confirm that anywhere. Just the third line, one. But I believe just just uh, just Jedi. Jedi is a two meg cart. I want to say the first tier okay. one. At least when I'm I'm I played. Um, I used to own these, but I I'm playing them now on an EverDrive. And when I pull them up in the listing, first two show up as one, and last one shows up as two. That makes sense. That yeah, because yeah, because yeah, because the Jedi definitely does seem like it flows, um, uh, that follows the overall the overall theme of the, uh, you know, the overall theme of the movie best. But so it's like, so it's like you know, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like I really don't care that much. What's here is what's here is fun. It works. You know, we had the critical parts. Um, uh, the critical part of the movie, the, the critical part of the movie here, it's like you know, like you know, just think of their stuff as being like you know, like deleted scenes or whatever you want to play it that way. So yeah, because I, um, I figured they didn't want to add like additional characters to play as, because I certainly would have started out the first game with um, fighting on the ship as a uh, yes. yeah, as one of the uh, the rebel fighters, but maybe do like a, a palette swap of Han for that. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, and then follow that with the the escape pods leaving right yeah but uh i mean you know uh but yeah you know like taking liberties of the story is not a new thing my final point here before i hand it over to air and i was like you know i don't know so i don't know so, so i don't know if you guys have listened to the um have listened to the um um the the national public radio radio conversion star wars movies they also they, uh you know they also deviated uh, quite a bit like in the movies uh, they so, they also like, had i think done, so. i think it was the return of the jedi one didn't have uh mark hamill come back to do his uh, role. The last one. Yes. Because when yeah. he came back yeah, he... to do the to do Empire, he was lied to in terms of what the contract was. So he didn't come back for the oh. third one. I yeah, I'd not heard that. Interesting. Okay. But but uh yeah, so anyway, um uh Aaron, what do you have to say? Um so I think you hit the nail on the head when you said um you know, these are video games first and foremost, and I think the producer of the team really has to juggle. It's a it's a monumental task, um, especially for such a series as Star Wars, right? Uh, this blockbuster franchise that changed movies forever and changed video, like the trajectory of video games in a lot of ways. There's a lot of expectation to live up to. I can forgive them for playing fast and loose with the story because ev almost every Star Wars game before these did the same thing <laughs> in its own way where it's like we're going to give you the Cliff Notes version um, or we're going to give you the version of the story that an eight-year-old remembers the first time they went to the theater seeing the movie. They remember all the cool stuff, right? All of the whiz-bang, <laughs> things blowing up, cool stuff happening moment to moment. Because, let's be honest, if this game was bogged down by long cutscenes and long bits of read-out dialogue, then people would space out, they would you know, possibly want to take the game back because there's too much reading, right? Um, especially Western audiences around that time. This game has so much reading. Um, so I kind of like the brevity of the cutscenes. I'm glad they included them. I do think it's problematic that <laughs> the first game sort of gives you this story, the long crawl, 
And then there's no connection between why you're Luke in the first place and why you're kind of a, you know, just a murder, murderous dude on, on a desert planet. There's no explanation of that unless I just didn't look in the manual. But that that's okay. It's ultimately okay because the game knows what it is. All three of these, they are a run-and-gun game with... Uh, you know, shooter sequences interspersed uh, throughout to break up the variety, um, and I think that's okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace that it doesn't exactly follow the movies. I, I think that's that's okay because I think throughout the history of video games and the medium, uh, developers have had to find ways to either do their own thing. Or do things well enough that people are okay that they took liberties, and I think I think it worked out okay here. Hmm. Okay, uh, Joe, I I think you probably have strong thoughts about this too. <clears throat> Actually, I don't. So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what everybody else said. Like it's a video game. I do not expect a game based on a movie to follow the movie beat. By beat, unless it is structured like an RPG. Right. Now, if we had Super Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi as RPGs, yes, I expect that to be every single bit of that movie in the dialogue, in the cutscenes, in the action, and it better be accurate. Um, which, by the way, like, why have we not got a Star Wars RPG outside of like you know the 3D stuff that we've already had? Like, why did nothing come out in this eight or sixteen bit? Mm, it's beyond me. <laughs> Anyways, um, <clears throat> other than that, I am completely okay with the deviations. Now, the one thing that stood out to me, which I noticed nobody mentioned, which is crazy because this stuck out to me like a sore thumb, was. How is it that in Super Star Wars, ED-209 is an enemy, a boss at that? <laughs> Remind mm. me, because I'm not as deep on my lore, who ED-209 oh, is. Oh, that, that, yes. It's, um, <laughs> I it's think right after what they... the... Uh, the um... So, so uh, I think what they did is they just they just made something and didn't realize it looked a little too close to something else. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like a two-legged walker that looks literally like RoboCop's uh, big bad in and, the first. And two oh nine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like I, like I don't know. I came across that and I was just like, oh, we're in RoboCop now. Okay, whatever. It's a video game. Um, <laughs> in fact, I think I, I wrote it down here. Imperial defense droid made up. <laughs> There you go. Like, made up for them, but yes, it looked a lot like Ed 209. I didn't even write the the real name. I just wrote Ed 209, exclamation oh. point, like, four oh, the, times. Um, I was like, needs can to I, be mentioned. And can I cut in one, just one more thing that I forgot to mention, yeah. was that nothing in these games is anywhere near as egregious as what happened in Star Wars, the Famicom game, where Darth Vader <laughs> literally... Yeah. Throws out I some kanji and turns into a scorpion. Yep. In fact, when the gate when this game first starts, it looks like it's going to be a recreation of that game because it's out in the desert. There's scorpions around. Yep. I agree. Yeah, that Star Wars 
yet a Japanese Star Wars Famicom game. Is it's weird. a trap. Yeah. yeah, but it's so good and satisfying. <laughs> one hit kills at the same time. <laughs> that's that's fun. I like yeah. it more than the um, the Beam Software one that we got. Agreed. Wasn't the second Master System for? Wasn't it, wasn't, wasn't the second Master System uh, Star Wars game? Uh, uh, that same game, the Japanese. Version? I no, I wanted to say that was also the Western one, but I could be wrong. Hmm, I'll look into that further. Awesome. Okay. Uh, anything else, Joe? No, that's that's really all that I had to say. Like I said, everybody's pretty much covered everything, but like I couldn't believe nobody mentioned Ed Two Hundred Nine. That's all. Like that just blew my okay. mind. Okay. All right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think again, a good segue to the next topic uh, uh, at this point would be let's talk about our favorite characters to play as, our favorite changes, and favorite game. Uh, the favorite game like on the trilogy. So, uh, because they, um, just to just to kind of give some reference here, uh, reference here, um, you do, so you don't have any choice uh, for characters in Super Star Wars. However, 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 like my other two games, there are uh, you are able to play as different characters, uh, which is a nice touch I think that they added in like the later games. Uh, in Empire, you're able to play as either Luke, Han, or Chewbacca, and then in Jedi, you're able to play as either. Um, it's it, um, certain stages. Certain stages limit you to certain characters in this one, but the uh, uh, but overall the character roster in that game includes like Luke, uh, Han, Chewbacca, uh, Leia, and Wicket. So uh, let's talk about then favorite characters, favorite stages, and favorite game. Period. Uh, Liam, go ahead, please. This one is one of my favorite questions, simply because um, it's got to be Leia. I love. I love, love the design of Leia in Return of the Jedi. For some reason, they, they introduced a double jump, which, um, for some reason, whenever I played Leia, she reminded me, for some reason, of like a Star Wars version of Samus, almost. Mm -hmm. Because when she, when she does that double jump, she kind of gets like that shield around her. It's almost like a um, shine spark attack, almost. Um... My favourite of the three games, ooh, I would most likely say, I'll say it's the first one because it was one I managed to get the furthest into. <laughs> um, but in terms of my, my favourite stages, um, I would say that I love the detail in, inside the Sandwalker. Um, I love the fact, I love the, the grittier, darker colours for the interior, but I also like the fact that there are some things in the foreground that doesn't that doesn't make it look like it's just one, just one color in the background. Um, I just, I do think that some of the stage designs, in terms of the general backgrounds, were were pretty good actually. It was the main part of the it was those parts of the graphics that really stood out to me. But as I, as I say, it's got to it's just got to be Leia because, I mean, did you ever think you'd be able to play someone? That acts like Samus, but controls better than her. <laughs> I think the I think the answer to that most likely is is a no. But trust me, if I when I go back to play these games again, which I most likely will, um, Leia is just going to be the character to play because you know she's also got that she's also got a certain flair as well when she jumps. You know, it's the fact that she just starts to spin. It's almost. It always gives me Sonic vibes as well with how far she spins. It's like it's almost like the lack of gravity on these planets that she's on almost gives her like this gymnastic sort of look to her as well. <laughs> well, what about an Empire then? 
Well, you don't have it like available. Choose your favorite character to use there. I, I will admit again, as we talk about in the difficulty later, I couldn't get out of the first stage of that. Okay. <laughs> I will Fair say, enough. in terms of the characters, um, I do like the part where you're on Tauntaun. Um, I do think that as a... I think him as a character is great because of the fact that if you try and go through that stage as Luke, you're going to get absolutely destroyed. Hmm. But but Tauntaun kind of offers offers a little bit of relief. Um, it kind of makes it a little bit more bearable. But in terms, as I say, just overall design, overall favorite character, it's just it's got to be Leia. Okay, got it. Let me also make a quick correction here before I move on. I forgot in Super Star Wars later, uh, later on in the game, you do get the ability to control uh, Han, uh, uh, Han Chewbacca. Just like, just like an Empire, I believe Empire. I think you get the ability to, to switch, to switch, to, to switch between them immediately from the immediately from the game start. Whereas in Star Wars, once the characters get introduced to you as part of the as part of the story, then you're able to switch over to them. So uh, mm. I, I did forget about that part. So I just want to make that correction now before anybody before anybody uh, can anybody's yelling at their uh, Why? Pod, uh, pod players, or whatever out there. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll go ahead, please. Yes, yeah, so I think uh, by far my favorite character to play in this is Chewbacca. Uh, he's he's got that spin move that, um, and not the same type of spin move that Leia has, but he's it's kind of like um, Zangief's spin that he does in, uh, <laughs> in Street Fighter. Lariat. Yeah, he, the, yeah, the spinning lariat. He does that, and it, it works really well to try to get through like if you have a really tough enemy to defeat like he can make quick work of them um one, one thing to note with uh leia like later on in the game she has a completely different outfit and her play styles are slightly different so that'll be something to look at too with uh how leia plays but chewbacca like his bowcaster i think that's the most i've ever seen him use it i think he i've <laughs> If I recall, he only really uses it like once in the original trilogy, and then he's using it in um, the, the sequel trilogy, and that's about it. I don't, don't remember him using it. Yeah, I don't, don't remember him using it at all, like the original movie. I feel I feel like he used it on Endor, but maybe he didn't. It's probably a false mm. memory, okay. but he does use it uh. in uh, in the uh, in Episode Seven. Seven, yeah, Force Awakens. Yes, yeah. he does use it in Episode Seven because right. people talk about how that's a really powerful weapon, and they make it is, yeah, yeah. like Gage is awesome, and they and they they kind of joke about that in Episode Seven. Yeah, they uh, with with Han being able to use it, but I th I thought, and according to the lore, nobody else except for the Wookies are strong enough to be able to use it. Ah, okay, I did not know that. I'd have to look. I'd have to look it up. It could be something that was retconned or. But yeah, he's a great character to play as. And I yeah. And what's your favorite game? Um, I think all three. Like he's playable in all three games. So, you know, once I once I get. Oh well, no, a... sorry. Like, yeah. Um. Well, sorry. Like what I meant was, you know, out of these three games, which one's your favorite? Um. I may have to go with Return of the Jedi, because of how more mm. more polished it is. Yeah. But right. yeah, the uh, Super Star Wars is a little easier to play than Empire or Return. 
and well, it's yeah. definitely easier than Empire. Yeah. Empire, I mean, it's just like, you know what? You start any game with an ice level, you're looking for trouble. Yep. <laughs> yeah, em Empire I got as far as the uh, the probe droid fight. And I... Would your favorite stage be in... Uh, would your favorite stage be in Jedi Flash Book 2, then? Ooh. I liked Jabba's Palace. Jabba's yeah, Palace was a, cool, plus yes. all the all the characters in the background and the fact that they actually yeah, yeah. they actually got characters from the movies like they dug and grabbed characters from there yeah. to fill it out that was but, great. Yeah, uh, you and I are pretty like minds as far as like, as far as this goes. Will I think that uh, um, you know I think Chewbacca is my favorite character to play in this game as well too because he is just so strong and just like you, uh, um, like you know the attacks are very nice. The bowcaster is a great weapon to use. Uh, yeah, I really like using him. I also enjoy playing for the one stage you can do it with. Uh, um, you know, you know, I really do enjoy playing Flyland's Wicket and Jedi just because it's you know, just being the novelty. Because like you can't, ah, there's 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 there's, 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 there's only one other game I'm aware of. We, uh, I'm aware of I'm aware of like we actually get to play. Um, you know, play as an Ewok. So just so just the novelty of playing as an Ewok in a game is play pretty cool. So I almost feel like one aspect. of the Battlefront games you could. Yes. Yep. That's the other game I was thinking about. Yes. Um, um, but 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 yeah. So it, but yeah. But yeah, that is cool. Um, Return is uh, Return's my favorite game of the series. Uh, I think part part of it's because Return's my favorite movie of the franchise period. Um, but also because I think that Return they did make improvements to the game, as, as you people have already mentioned. With the, uh, that, I really think. I like all three games, but I think the the, the, the enhancements that they made in Return, as well as the extra space, the card space, did make sure did make the best, but the, the, um, you know, the best like the best the best polished product. Uh, favorite stages? Uh, that's that's a tough one. Um, you know, the Jabba's Palace in, in, uh, in Star Wars is very good. I also really like I also really like um, the final stages in, in Jedi with the uh, Jedi like the like the Death Star and also like the uh, the Emperor's Throne Room. Uh, the devil boss fight there. That's also like a very like cool background is the background design set uh, that really like, you know, appeals to me. So, um, but anyway, moving on now to a uh, era. All right. Uh, so, <clears throat> let's see. My favorite character would probably also be Chewbacca, and I kind of like in the first game that they tell you the height of each character. Because you get to kind of see, like, oh, Luke is 5'9", and uh, Han Solo is 6 feet tall, and Chewbacca is 8 feet tall. <laughs> and uh, just the gargantuanness of him. He moves a little bit slower, but guys, in, this, in these games, moving slower is actually better. Because what's going to happen in these games is there's stuff flying around you all the time from weird angles. I felt the most in control when I was Chewbacca. Uh, I appreciated that he could still slide, which is the funniest thing to see him slide. Um, and I did appreciate that he could double jump in later games. Um, and they did fix a little bit of the wonkiness there. And I do like that spin move he does. I, I want to say Leia was a close second. Um, Han Solo, I think, is the worst character in all these games. Um, and and Wicket is kind of there only because he uh, his his attack is just not great. 
him shooting his arrows. They're just not fast enough, and there's too many enemies coming at you. But Han Solo, the problem with him is, um, I think his weapon always starts out a little better than Luke's, but because he doesn't have the lightsaber by the time you get him, there's just like not much point of playing as Han Solo unless they force you to. Um, he really doesn't differentiate differentiate himself uh, as much. You know, Luke's got the by that point he's got a lightsaber that he can switch. You know, in the first two he can switch between the lightsaber and the blaster. And then I want to say Han Solo just has his blaster. And he doesn't really have much um, that makes him unique in that regard. Even though he's like my favorite character in the Star Wars movies, he, he doesn't really have as much um, to differentiate him here. And then my overall favorite game, um, for nostalgia, I would probably say the first game because that's the one I played the most of and I had the most memories of. But... If I'm looking back now, um, Jedi just has the best presentation, um, the tightest level design, um, and the most variety. So I, I, th I think that about sums it up for me. Okay, awesome. Uh, and then finally, Joe. <laughs> All right. So, um... Well, I think I've already explained my love for the lightsaber sound. So, obviously, I played as Luke, like, every possibility uh, that I had. Um, as far as highlights go um, with the different games, I really enjoyed the uh, boss fight with Vader at the end of Empire. Um, I did cheat my butt off to get there. And uh, <laughs> I did use Game Genie to stay alive to be able to beat Vader. Um, so I definitely agree with the difficulty of these games. Um, the final boss fight in, Re uh, Super Return of the Jedi, where you gotta fight Vader and the Emperor, is just, uh, fantastic. Um, I love that section. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Luke. I, I play as Luke every single time. <laughs> um, when I am forced to change, it's, you know maybe Chewbacca uh, but Leia um, in Return of the Jedi is very agile uh, she is fun to use when you have the opportunity to use her so I will echo that sentiment as well um, it's just um, I feel like like when you're Luke you can do like the same sort of double jump and you're swinging the lightsaber so it's kind of the same thing that Leia can do um, but, but it's uh, we didn't mention his uh, in my we didn't mention his uh, move he gains in Jedi where he can move the weapon around the screen right yes, yeah, awesome. yeah 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 yep that yeah, force yeah. power which it, they kind of changed it from the other games because the first two he just switches to his blaster but I, I thought that right. that gave it a little more nuance and variety um, to make it that he had to go pick up force power-ups, which, you know, I don't yeah. remember that in the movies, but maybe they were there, you know, picking up force power-ups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get the power-ups you win. <laughs> like, it is implied in the movies that, you know, that it does use a lot of, like, uh, mental mental power to use force powers uh, constantly, so I guess that, 
as I guess they're trying to, so I guess the games, uh, as I guess the games are trying to give kind of a physical, a physical aspect to that. I mean, I guess it's true. I mean, Luke fell asleep in the Ewok village and made C-3PO float, so I mean, you know. <laughs> and to quickly echo on um, Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi, um, he would be my second favorite because I found out um, about a couple of hours before recording that he actually has different types of force power so he could do like the um the throne of the lightsaber but he also has a force power that can actually heal him and i think that kind of made that really made getting through some parts of return of the jedi a little bit more bearable because being able to heal on the fly is it's something that you know i when i swapped back to leia i was trying to trying to heal mm. I was like, why am I not healing? Why am I not healing? Like, oh, because they can't do that. But <laughs> Yeah, but, oh, awesome. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for, like, waiting on, uh, like, waiting on that. Um, once again, uh, Joe, uh, I think we could probably transition to any topic at this point. The ones we have left for discussion would be, like, you know, difficulty, um, uh, difficulty factors, how the games hold up, um, and, um, uh, oh, yeah, just us two. So uh, I'll let you decide which one to talk about next. I actually kind of figure those topics go hand in hand. So uh, why don't we talk about how hard these games really are, and then we'll go to whether they hold up or not. Sounds good. All right, so topic topic up next. Uh, overall, uh, the, the difficulty of these games um, uh, and, your struggles, and your struggles with them thereof and how they compare to other games you've played um, and if you think the game's too difficult or not. Uh, Liam, go ahead, please. Oh, I have a lot to say about <laughs> Let me just say, um, coming into these games without any knowledge of the franchise kind of hindered me a little bit. Um, so I will say, well, the thing I've noticed with some of the game, with with the first game especially, the game kind of eases you in quite nicely. You get through the first couple of stages, and you think, and I was thinking. Hmm, this game may not be too bad, but once you get inside the Sandwalker, the game's just like, nope, you're not getting any further than this. Um, and I think that's the core problem with the difficulty of these games, is that sometimes it eases you in, it kind of gives you that feeling of, oh, I can get used to this, I can get used to this, but then you hit this brick wall where the game is like, if you want to get past me now, you're going to have to work your backside off. Um, I, th I just think that the, my main problem with the difficulty of these games is that the so the first game builds it up, but the second and third game they just start out on such a steep learning curve that for someone who isn't you know too, was not familiar with the characters or the lore or you know the sort of different things that these characters could do. It very much felt like I was trying to trying to get over a brick wall before I'd even got started. Um, one thing that drove me absolutely bonkers, and I think it's the case on the first two games, I can't be 100% sure on the third game, it's the infinitely spawning enemies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you move like two feet and the enemies you just destroyed are like, you didn't get me. I'm back now, <laughs> and it, you just and you just think that as a, 
the, the way that I got over this, ironically, was to actually play, try and speedrun the stages. Because if you if you get a shield power up, you can literally just <laughs> run through everything. If you don't get that shield power up, then you're stuck fighting the same enemy for for like a minute and a half. You just think to yourself, what a is this a run and gun game or is this like a turret shooter that I'm playing here, like a tower defense sort of title? Um, the pro if the if they didn't have the respawning enemies in this game in these games, I feel like they feel like they'd be somewhat more bearable. But due to the fact that they just carry on and on and on, it's almost like there's a hole in the ground behind the stage that these enemies keep coming out of. It's almost like a um, it's almost like one of the um things from you see in Mario where the enemies just keep coming and coming like a gauntlet generator <laughs> yeah gauntlet generator is the best way to describe it the pro um, I feel if they didn't have that repetitiveness of these enemies constantly spawning in front of you then these games would have been more bearable the other thing and it's in um, Empire, Empire and Return of the Jedi more prevalent than Empire, I found, was the there were so many occasions where there were things that are at the bottom of the stage that suddenly spring up in front of you. Stuff like in the first, like the stages I played, like the ice, the ice that suddenly just pierces up in front of you. If you've got an enemy to the left of you, you're kind of just stuck in the middle. Um, it's also the same with the um, in Return of the Jedi on the first stage where. You're walking past and suddenly you just get hit by rocks and it isn't until after you realise that there's this really well hidden switch that's either drop there's a 50-50 chance of either dropping a, a boulder on your head or a free full heal. It's I just feel that if they had a if they had have streamlined the difficulty, got rid of the respawning enemies, you know, kind of make make it that little bit fairer rather than starting starting like you're trying to climb a brick wall with anti-climb paint on it then perhaps I would have enjoyed these games a lot more but it just start they just start out way way too steep in terms of difficulty and it, they just don't ease up but uh, yeah um, okay uh, that's some very like very like, good strong thoughts to open up a discussion with so thank you uh, I'm sure probably I'm sure probably you helped you helped many you have many others. <laughs> um, Will, you're up next. Yeah, piggybacking on that, these games are really tough, and I'm not sure if anybody else had noticed. If you go into the settings, there's um you can change the difficulty, and even on yes, even on easy, yeah. it's difficult. It is, and and I recommend everyone change it to easy if you want to actually <laughs> have fun playing these games. Yeah, because on the higher on the higher difficulty, it's like you get hit once, and the amount of hearts you need to get to refuel that one hit is it, it's I think it's like two or three to refill it. I think it's like two on normal, maybe three on on difficult. But on on easy, it's like oh, I got hit, I got a heart, I'm at full health now, and you can get through some of the areas getting hit, getting a heart because a lot of stuff, especially in the first game gives you hearts so that you can you can kind of just kind of rely on at first but it doesn't last especially with with the stuff that just pops up out of nowhere or um especially in uh, return of the jedi trying to get through part of uh, jabba's palace 
there's just this part where you're doing these intricate jumps and you get to a spot. Okay, I'm safe. Nope, here comes this piece out of the wall that's going to hit you. And now you have to try and jump past these spikes to get up past this area. And uh, the, f uh, the first level of Return of the Jedi has the... Um, you start falling. It's like you don't know if you're going to land on something and you're going to be safe or you're going to drop right to the bottom of the stage. And, and you can you can look. You can use the L and R buttons to, to look to see where you're going, but it doesn't always help. They've really spiked... And that oh, go ahead. Yes. Sorry, that also reminds me of the first stage of Empire when you're on Tauntal. Mm -hmm. um, right close to the end of the stage, if you get hit by an enemy mid-jump, you fall down the chasm. You literally fall down the chasm that you can't get out of. And there's um there there are some chasms in the game. There's some, and I noticed I noticed this a couple uh, in a couple areas. There's hidden areas in these games, and especially that first stage, actually has a spot you can fall down in with a uh, platform you don't see. Kind of like at the end of um, Super Castlevania, and you can just get some power ups from that, but. I I don't know where a lot of them are in the game. I just I think I noticed a couple of them in Empire, and that was it. Okay, um, yeah. So um, I so I kind of have again mixed feelings about this because I did yeah because like I said before I did beat two of these two of these games back when they first came out in the nineties. Uh, I was able to finish. I was able. To, I was able. To, I was able to finish finish Star Wars. I was able to finish. Uh, reflection of the Jedi. Empire was the only one I was not able to finish, and therefore, because of that reason, I still think Empire is the hardest, uh, the hardest out of three games. Um, that said, these three games all are very difficult. I think the, I think, however, the difficulty of these games may be a little bit overhyped because yes, they're hard games, but I can think of harder. But um, you know, I definitely can think of harder games uh, for sure on the system because you have to remember, uh, basically, these games are platformers. Platformers are supposed to be tough. Platformers are supposed to be one of the hardest types of games that you can play, period. So, I mean, they've always been that way, going back to the 80s. So, and like, you know, during the 90s was the golden age of, like, platformers for systems like the NES, Super NES, uh, PC, uh, whatever, uh, whatever. So, it's like, they just, it's like, so, if, so we don't enjoy, so if you don't enjoy platformers, you're going to struggle with this game. Because I think that a lot of people, a lot of people who enjoy Star Wars are going to pick up this game uh, and then uh, 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 wanting to play it, and we flame turned off because of the difficulty. This is not that the, the, these games are definitely are definitely not not recommended games to play if you don't like platformers to begin with. Even if you're a big Star Wars fan, you have to live, you have to like and be good at platformers to to, 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 to really be able to, to, to really be able to enjoy these games. Um, and yes, luckily there are there are cheat codes and cheat you to use and save and whatever to make the games easier for you. But still, having said that. In that context, however, for platformers, they're hard games. They're not. They're, they're not the hardest platform games I play. There are other. Um, uh, there are there are other games I think that are harder as far as uh, as, as, um, as far as platform elements go. But and they're also supposed to be challenging. Be challenging because you have to remember, these games were 50, 60 bucks like they came out back then. You you wanted a game that you you wanted a game that was going to last you. Um, you want, you want to get you want to get another last you um you a good long while so if the game was you know if the game was too easy then you know then you'd have your money wasted which happened many times with many with, with many games um uh weirdly 
I would say these games are both good. Um, you are both like like about good for a purchase and also good for rental back then because it's like a weekend rental would at least give you a chance to play the games and see how they were and decide if you wanted to buy them or not. So I think this is one of the rare cases of some games that have some games that games that, that, that very that, that very neatly fit in like both categories and being like you know ideal for both areas. You know that said, like you know the difficulty the, the difficulty I do think ramps up very nicely uh, throughout the games. And I think that I actually think that I actually think that for the most part. For the most part, I think that Return is the easiest game of the three games because of the because of the extra, because of the enhancements and the changes that the developers made to the main that game, and also because of the different characters, the power ups, and the power ups, the force bows you have built, but you have you are able, you have more knives in your shed to work with in that game than the past two games, which just help which just help the overall difficulty. That said, this game does have, uh, uh, that said these games do have some brutal boss fights. Uh, some of these boss fights are some of the most challenging boss fights I think I've played. Period in some games, especially that, especially that double, the double boss fight in, in Jedi between the, the, between Darth Vader and the Emperor. I can't tell you how long it took me. I gotta tell you how long it took me as a, as a teenager back when these came out to finish, to finish, to finch the, finish those boss fights. It took me days of struggling before, before I could, before I like a passo. So. Yeah, the boss fights. The, the boss fights in these games are definitely the most challenging in games. Period. But overall, but overall difficulty. I, I still think the games. I still think. I still think now the I games overall say, are, are tough but fair. So, but sorry, yeah. go ahead, please. Sorry. And now I will say, in terms of the hardest games on Super Nintendo, these these are not up there. When I say these games are really difficult, in terms of platformer games of the Super Nintendo, they're definitely not easy. Yes. Um, there are a couple of Japanese RPGs that spring to mind when I speak about I think about extreme difficulty, like the like Aaron like Aaron may know this one, Kiryaku Megami Tensei. Yep. But basically, the first enemy in that game, you could either defeat it, level up, or just get wiped out. <laughs> right. So. Uh, yeah, thank you for writing out to that. Uh, Air, sure. Uh, go ahead, uh, yeah, so just to piggyback off what you were saying, uh, Greg, it's... Oh, yeah, these are hard games, um, and I think the difference... There's a nuance to the difficulty where a modern example would be, you know, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, where it's tough but fair, where every obstacle is very... Uh, planned out and there's workarounds for everything in these games they give you uh, that sense of power um, especially like once Luke gets his lightsaber um, and has a different amount of tools I, the biggest problem I have though is that there's like a slight hiccup in your jump especially in the first one they fixed it later there's a hiccup in your jump um, that makes the controls there slightly frustrating. Enemies are just coming at you from every angle randomly. It feels very random and that the encounters in the game, with exception of the bosses, there's not a ton of thought put into how many enemies are going to spawn in this area and how many are going to come out to meet you. It's just like, let's just throw as many sprites on the screen as we can. We're going to have birds and all sorts of stuff low to the ground that's hard to shoot. Um, you know, especially in that first game, you know, you, you couldn't shoot diagonally down if you were jumping. It's frustrating. You couldn't double jump. 
Um, so there were, there were just things in these games um, that make it, I think, artificially more difficult in a way where it's, you know, I've played hard games like, uh, you know, the hardest Castlevania games where, okay, there's there's some wonky design design decisions, but I it still feels manageable, especially if I've powered up my whip enough. Um, in this game, most of the time you feel pretty powered up, but it's just like every level is too long, right? It's about five minutes too long, it feels like. Like if they'd cut out each level by a third, maybe, then that would have helped with the difficulty a little bit and then I think it just like I think if there had been a little more playtesting in that regard um, but I get your point Greg about <laughs> you know you want people to get their money's worth and if you're playing a platformer and you've seen everything before oh Contra I mastered that game what do you got what's next and this one they want to be like the end all be all but I think Sculptured Software kind of used some of their design philosophies from past games they'd worked on. Uh, the biggest one I could think of is Stanley. This is an obscure one. Stanley, the search for Dr. Livingston on NES. If you ever played that one, I developed that one. And the enemy design feels just as random where you encounter these creatures and they're constantly respawning and coming from all angles that just make it hard to navigate. So finally, I would say Turn of the Jedi balances out things the best. Um, you know, the jumping got better. Platforming, great. I still don't like, uh, like Will said, I, I don't like the, <laughs> the view where it's hard to see certain things. And so sometimes you are making blind jumps. But I will say finally that I do like that the game gives you plenty of lives and ways to gain extra lives through the score system, through pickups. Um, I do like that there's hearts you can pick up and ways to heal yourself. I just wish some things felt less random. Cool. Okay. Uh, and then finally, uh, Joe, uh, finish it. Finish that first, please. So now I'm just going to piggyback off of people. So <laughs> there is a sense that, you know, these games are difficult. I'm not even going to lie about that. They're difficult. But also um, there's a sense that they're difficult because of design. Um, I agree with, like, infinite spawning enemies. Um, I, I can't even remember. It was right at the beginning of uh, Super Empire Strikes Back. Like, you get on the Tauntaun, and you feel like, oh, cool, I got the Tauntaun. And then, like, suddenly, like, big giant snow boulders are just coming at you. And it's kind of like, you, you kind of either duck or you jump over them or whatever else. It's like, it's they just throw everything at you. And while this is happening, you have things swooping down at you. It's crazy. Um, I agree with Aaron as far as um, the levels being a little too long. I think that uh, if they had been shortened, that would help at least a little bit. And this is my thing. So, say you don't know what Star Wars is. I mean, I, I know, crazy, right? But say you don't know what Star Wars is, and these three games are your introduction to Star Wars. 
which that should never be your introduction. But anyways, um, <laughs> Super Star Wars, I think, does an okay job with mixing the difficulty and the story experience. Um, very much like the first movie, you know, it, it tells you the story, it gives you what you need, it has just enough action to keep you uh, attentive, and then leaves you with a feel-good ending at the end. Super Star Wars felt, kind of felt like that to me. Empire, on the other hand, is brutal. It'll beat you down, and it leaves you not honestly wanting to come back at the end. And that's pretty much how Empire is as a movie. It beats you down, leaves you feeling with no hope. No hope, no care in the world. Like, it's done. It's over with. And that's pretty much how the game leaves you. And then Return of the Jedi is the oddball. Because not only is this game polished to where, yeah, it's difficult, but I feel like I'm making the mistakes. Whereas the two previous games, I felt like the game was causing me to die. And it wanted me to die. In Return, Super Return of the Jedi, I feel like I was the one making the mistakes that were killing me. So it very much mirrors that movie as well, where like you kind of you have some lows, but it's also you got that high at the end. Like you, it's you and your skill that got you to the end and to see the the ending. And I forgot um, one one thing. Um, if I can throw in was yeah, yeah. I did notice by the time you get to Return of the Jedi. They fixed the weapon system um, where you can run around freely and shoot, or if you hold the button down, it puts you in a fixed shot position. Um, yes. Which I I really liked, because if you played the first game, um, you notice that every time you would shoot at enemies, Luke would kind of be a sitting duck. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> so I mentioned I, I appreciated that by the time you got to Jedi. Yeah. I mean, hands down, if there is uh, one, I mean, and this kind of goes into a little bit of our next topic, but, like, let's be fair. Out of the three, if there's one that you're going to play, it should be Return of the Jedi. That's, I think you're going to hear that from pretty much all of us. Um, it'll probably be <laughs> that game that gets nominated. But anyways, um, yeah, so that's, that's my feelings as far as... Uh, those games go and i am a masochist so my favorite levels were like i said before facing vader at the end of empire and vader and the emperor together in uh, return of the jedi those were, oh you know the battle with ed with ed 209 so you know those are those are <laughs> highlights for all three games right right uh yeah yeah thank you i don't think it's yeah so i don't think this last topic will take but that long so we already you know, you know, you know, some of us can't find a touch of this like a little bit, uh, like already at this point. But uh, yeah, so um, do the games hold up today? You know, like twenty twenty two. I mean, like you know, like would you, you know, like would you play them again? Can you recommend it to other people? I mean, like, what do you think about the overall, you know, the overall, um, uh, the overall playability of, you know, playability, 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 these games of the, um, you know, like the modern setting. So, um, Liam, go ahead, please. So I will definitely say that the if you want a game that looks polished and kind of feels modern, I would say Return of the Jedi would be the way to go. Because um, the problem with the first two games is that there's not that much room for error. Whilst the 
Return of the Jedi, as I've alluded to a couple of times, kind of reminds me a little bit of Super Metroid at times with the double jump and just the fact you've got a lot more control over your character. Um, the, the ability to be able to pick your character out of the three as well, kind of, it offers three different, you know, three unique styles of gameplay to be, in my opinion. But in terms of the how they hold up, I would say if you can get your head past the 3D, the Mode 7 style of some of the stages, then I think these games do hold up relatively relatively well, if, if mainly for the music. I mean, the music is really what brings, kind of makes these games playable in my eyes. I mean, if they didn't nail the music, then these games, most likely these games I would consider to be somewhat memorable but not that memorable but the Super Nintendo renditions of the Star Wars music really I mean I'm definitely going to play the games again just to hear that music um, but out of, say out of the three the most playable would be um, in terms, if you want a game that kind of eases the difficulty in the first one's the one to go for but if you want one that feels modern then Return of the Jedi would be the way to go. And as for Empire, don't go anywhere near that. <laughs> uh, okay, strong thoughts. Um, uh, Will, what do you have to think? Yeah, so I think the, the people that I would recommend these games to would certainly be the older generation or even the younger generation that understands the way games used to be back then. You know, if you, you know, you're somebody today that what they're used to is the 3D games and stuff like that. I don't think they're going to enjoy these games as much, uh, even with what people call um, like Dark Souls hard style games. You know, you, it used to be called NES hard, and you no, know, we used to say that oh, they went and made these games more difficult. So when you rented them, you didn't complete it during your rental, so you'd have to rent it again. Uh, that being said, yeah, it's likely Return of the Jedi is one that I'm going to try to go back to and see if I can finish. Uh, Empire, I'd like to try, especially when I noticed later on that you can switch between the saber and the blaster, or at least that's what I saw in a playthrough. I didn't try it. <laughs> <laughs> and the, ori the original Star Wars, A New Hope, that Super Star Wars, that one... It's a classic story. That's definitely one to try out. So, yeah, to put it, to put them in order, I'd say you have to return a new hope and empire. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, like I said before, I I think these games are still fun to play today, as long as you enjoy platformers and as long as you are a Star Wars fan. Because I think, like you know, but. Um, you know, like you know, platformers are different. Are, are platformers are very different games nowadays than they are than they were back then. And there's still there's still a charm and appeal to these like 2D platformers. They are very well polished. I mean, like you know, they don't about the difficulty. The overall uh, the overall game design is pretty was pretty good across the board. Like for all three of them. Uh, that said, I, um, uh, that that's I definitely agree with all of you and uh, all of you in that return. I think. Is like the best polished and the best balanced of the games, which is probably, uh, you know, which is why it's my favorite game, uh, uh, the trilogy. Um, maybe just maybe just do that one um, and just see 
and then if you're a real uh, like a real sucker for like you know very 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 difficult challenge maybe pick up the uh, I maybe try the other two but yeah Empire definitely is the most um, I'm sorry uh, Empire is definitely the hardest of the three for uh, the three of various reasons but I think that Return of the Jedi is definitely the easiest easiest in air quotes here uh, of the uh, of the choices pick up um there is there 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 are still a lot of fans uh, fans and there's still a lot of charm for like 2D platformer games because you do um, you you do still have like modern indie games like a uh, Shovel Knight which definitely use the like use the 2D uh, size very perspective platforming features so yeah there are still fans there definitely are fans of franchises out franchises franchises out out there uh, like this type to like type of gameplay and I think that Empire still has to hold it pretty well today as far as as far as that goes um, but yeah so I think you know given those you know, if you're, you know, if you're somebody in that small subset who both enjoys Star Wars and also enjoys and also enjoys top, you know, top armor games, then I think these games still play very well today, uh, for sure. So, um, so Aaron, um, so what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think it's kind of clear across the board. Um, most of us, if not all of us, will say Jedi just because of the added layer of polish. That's that's the top game. Um, I think in terms of people coming back to these games. You know, I, I see that you can play them on at least, I think, PS4. So there's some modern platforms that you can go back and play these on um, besides the original Super Nintendo. I, I think that you do have to put some nostalgia goggles on when you play these and view them as a product of their time. Um, I <laughs> Once the nostalgia wore off while I was playing them... <laughs> What I realized was that there are other games that I would probably rather play um, that represent their genres better, like a Super Turrican or Super Turrican 2 or, you know, Mega Man X or a Contra. Um, And then as far as the other aspect of the game, I would probably go for Star Fox more often um, or... You know, like Soul Star on Sega CD or Sylphid, but it, for the overall package, um, Return of the Jedi I think nails it the most. Um, I'm still not in love with the levels that are kind of too big and <laughs> the randomness of the enemy placement um, and those stupid flying enemies that fly you back and drop you. Um, kill them with fire, please. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciated enough of Return of the Jedi and the polish and the fact that each character is unique enough in that one. Um, I did omit that uh, Han Solo does get bombs he can throw. Each one of these characters has something unique they bring to the package. So if you get frustrated playing as one character, you can usually go back and play that sec- that same level and see if you know approaching it a different way with a different character changes your outcome. So... There is that definite replayability that you don't find in most movie licensed games. My final thought is most people, when these were released, I'll be honest, um, maybe they played the first one, but didn't play Jedi. It was the same thing I had where by the time, um, what was it, Donkey Kong Country 3 came out, I was kind of moving on, right? So... I don't know that most people would know that, oh, hey, Jedi is the most polished and best to play because maybe they're thinking in their head, well, it was my least favorite movie, so (laughs) I'll skip that one. (laughs) So that's that's my thought. 
Okay. And that's maybe why if I sound a little bit harsher on these games, it is because I'm coming from the perspective of someone who obviously has not had much interaction with the franchise and definitely did not play these games growing up. So I'm kind of seeing them from 2022, kind of fresh-eyed, no, no like nostalgia, very much just judging them on face value. That's fair. Right. We need to get you seeing these Um, films, Liam. I'm just saying. Yes. (laughs) I've been mentioning that in the chat. uh, Yeah. Uh, Joe, bring us home then. Well, what a comforting voice I am every week that we record the podcast. I'm going to let you know. And you, you know, if you've been here, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I am a platform guy. So these games should be right up my alley. I should be ecstatic. And I should be singing their praises. But much like these guys, I have the same complaints for these games. Um, Return of the Jedi is the way to go, as I've already stated. Um, and it's kind of disappointing. Like, Super Star Wars is, is fun for what it is. And um, you can take either or Super Star Wars or Return of the Jedi, whichever one you want to start with. But Return of the Jedi is going to be the one that you return to. Um, which is unfortunate because Empire is my favorite movie. Um, Empire's always been my favorite movie, and, um, to play through that game and be so frustrated by the end, um, I, uh, it made me, like, almost hate the game, um, but not to a point where, you know, I'm gonna disregard, you know, the movie as it, as it is, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, Return of, Super Return of the Jedi, just go there, go do it, enjoy it. And enjoy your um, block button. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Ow. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. It's, I mean, you guys know me. I'm a platform guy. I always suggest platformers uh, when we do this podcast and everything else. Like it's platformers and beat 'em ups. Like those are my thing. Oh, and fighting games, uh, which you know, Greg isn't a huge fan of. Um, so you know, it's it's you know, this should be up my alley. So when I'm telling you, like, Return of the Jedi is the one that you want to play. I'm telling you, Return of the Jedi is the one you want to play. But, okay. Uh, and then, like, you know, final thought to wrap things up. Uh, I did not know this um, until I was doing research on this, and I need to check to see if it's still available. Um, I was not, um, um, I was unaware that, uh, um, I was unaware that the original game, Super Star Wars, uh, Co-Mystics did a port of that game to the PS4 and the Vita back in 2015. Uh, that also includes, like, you know, like, uh, you know, enhanced safe states, leaderboard abilities, and, uh, they have the interface, uh, stuff. Um, has yeah, but that's that? all they did. They didn't change the dynamics of the game. They didn't it's change just emulation. the gameplay. It's, right. it's still hard. Yeah. It's still a pain in the butt. Yes, having save states helps, but, uh, yeah, it's still the same game that we played here tonight. Today. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of that versions, uh, uh, yeah, when is that version still available? Look. Uh, it is. It's also included with uh, PlayStation Now. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. 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 I knew these games were available on Virtual Console, but you know, I, but you know, I, um, I was unaware of the fact that they had touched up the first game mm-hmm. with, like a little bit. Uh, I, I wonder why only the first game, like not the other ones, but you know, that's kind of interesting. But um, yeah. But yeah, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, these games, these games are expensive, expensive to get on eBay because, of, because of course, hey, it's Star Wars, so you know, of course, the price is going to be higher. But um, you know, but you know, there are other ways to, to, but you know, there are other ways to get these games uh, and play them. Um, um, play, 
Um, but I play them if you want to. So, yeah, there is that. But anyway, uh, yeah. Um, want to thank everybody here for taking time to join us today for talking about this episode, uh, for a special episode, talk about these games. I, I very much appreciate you, um, you know, everybody being here. I know this was a long episode. Uh, you know, I mean, because it was five of us, so uh, thank you again also for the time. Uh, you know, thank you again also for the, uh, you know, you know, the time commitment. Uh, was fun. Uh, definitely, it definitely was great to have you guys on, like, on here to hash out these games again and give them like you know like uh, you know like a more modern uh, uh, like a more modern uh, hashed out treatment uh, that they probably deserve. And I second so, that. Thank you for um, everyone who showed up today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, does anybody have? So, does anybody else want to have any final thoughts or anything before we like finish up here? Um. Empire. <laughs> parts of that game are fun parts, but it's just, yeah, yes, it's just, it's kind of a mess where the difficulty just, there's no curve to it. It's just all blindingly hard. Yeah. And I just, I just looked up. So Super Star Wars on the PlayStation 4 has trophy support. Yep. Okay. And, cool. um, yeah. One of the trophies is beat the game on Jedi on Jedi difficulty without losing any lives. Oh, yeah, is, is there a percentage <laughs> listed there? Because I really want to know what the percentage of people who've gotten that trophy. Um, it's uh, it's X- Xbox two two point sixty one percent. Really, according oh, okay. according okay. to uh, according to PSNprofiles.com. dot huh. Yeah. Two point six one percent. I didn't know you could do that. I thought Steam was the only one that showed you percentages. Oh, okay. Um, and then you hover over. And then you hover over it, and there's a point seven percent. I don't know um, what the percentages, di- what percentage differences are. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. But um, yeah. So um, uh, yeah. So uh, I've got to say earlier. Um, if you do, uh, we mentioned before the games, the games, the game do feature stereo sound. If you listen to the game with like headphones, uh, you know, it sounded even better because, like, you know, I thought the game sounded good with speakers back in the day, but playing them again now in emulation with headphones, they sound amazing because the stereo sound is something that not every game did back in those days. So, you know, I really appreciate them taking the, you know, taking the extra step with the audio, uh, audio, audio there. So, but, um, yeah, so, all right, um, Thank you again. Uh, thank you again. Uh, like I said, for everybody joining us here today. Um, uh, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, whatever, you can send them to. So you can send me an email if you want to at the SNES Podcast Yahoo.com. Um, uh, you can also find us on the Facebook page. Uh, Joe, how can they reach you? Uh, you can reach me on my very public Facebook page and on Twitter at J O E S U X three zero. Awesome. And it's Joe's and it's Joe's turn to pick the next two games that are coming on this podcast. So what are we doing next? We're doing Cyborg 009, a Japanese game for the Super Famicom based on an anime of the same name. And it's a platformer. Never heard of it? <laughs> no, I, I'm not a platformer, huh? <laughs> uh, that's okay. I never heard of the game. This should be interesting to check out. So, um, but yeah, Joe was saying earlier. earlier or you got this game from a list of like recommended recommended Super Famicom yep. games to play. So um, somebody somebody loves it. So uh, we'll get into it next time. So uh, so uh, again, thank you again, thank everybody for listening to us. We appreciate it very much. Uh, thank you again to Aaron, Will, and uh, um, and Liam for taking time today to. Yeah, join no us. problem. Um, thank well, you. It's been a pleasure. We'll have you guys back at some point. I'm sure for, for I'm sure for your, I'm sure yes. for additional episodes. Mm-hmm. So. Um, uh, so thanks again. Uh, take care, everybody, and may the force be with you. Bye. See ya.
Thanks. All Later. Right. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game, or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep of power.